All right, everybody, it is officially upon us. Football yeah, baby. is on TV. Hall of Fame game. Right now. Well, the game's wrapping up, and we won't actually call that football, but it's, it was a very good attempt at it. It's like televised practice. <laughs> That's actually exactly what it of is. Of the practice squads. Yeah, of the practice squads. Like, the guys that aren't even going to be on the team just got done playing. And they're about to be fired. Right. Um, but beyond that, we're excited today to talk about the draft. Uh, we did an episode last week talking about pre-draft and things that we were excited about. We're going to break it down, give you some of our hot takes. As always, they're bold. They're probably wrong, but we don't care. Buckle up. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, let's hop into it. Uh, sorry, we are a day late on this. Cheek and I are just still trying to get back into it is hard. the regular season uh, rhythm. Uh, once a week is a lot when you've been going basically once a month for a long time. And yeah. so just getting back into the rhythm, we're super excited for football to be back. It feels kind of like it's back with Hall of Fame game, but at the same time, it feels like it's very much not back. <laughs> uh, the only thing that makes it feel like it's back is that sleeper is just blowing up, which is tight. Um, so Always good. We want to kind of recap everything that's happened since draft day when we were all together, which I just want to give a, a shout out to the Smiths for hosting oh that. Gosh, that was yes. such a fun time. I uh, I thought it was such a blast to get together, and it would not have been – like, to me, just getting everyone together just for, like, the trade talk and the trash talk and the nuggets and the cake balls and the and – the, Carrots and the carrots. <laughs> I, I ate a lot of carrots. I, I don't like think carrots. I ate a single vegetable all uh, day. See, I'm like I'm one of those weird guys. Like when there's a if there is a veggie tray at a party, I'm like get that out of here. Uh. Carrot tray at party, <laughs> I mess up carrots at parties. I don't know why. I don't know why it is. It doesn't make me eat any less nuggets. It's just I just you just add carrots on top. Yeah, it's so you I gotta can, feed the chickens. It's you know? so, yeah. Well, it's so I can keep my superhuman eyesight up, so I can play with my cats at night. So, uh, but the yeah. So thank you for hosting that. That was that was an absolute blast. Got me so pumped for the season. Really, it's was. really fun to interact with everyone and kind of like get to. Uh, get more than just the group me personalities behind yeah. everyone because because we don't see everyone all the time like yeah you know i see like i see ty once a year yeah i so. see ty for like draft <laughs> i see ty for fantasy football drafts and a couple other times a year uh, but like john neffley and Corey, i never really see any other time so it's just, yeah. it's just good to get together and like do all that and just remember that like these are actual people that we're playing with and people yeah. that we love so thanks everyone for making it a priority and being there and thanks yes. for the smiths for giving us the space to do it so yeah uh, it was great i I immediately, as everyone knows, I drove straight to the gorge afterward, and I was, like, the whole way there, I just kept thinking, like, that was so much fun. It was a blast. The whole drive, like, it's a two-hour drive, the whole time I was just thinking, gosh, that was so much fun. I wish I could still be doing that, so. Right. Miss you guys already. Can't wait for next year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This season doesn't matter. Uh, Okay, so during the the draft, we had a super exciting draft. I I think we had more action than I anticipated. Mostly driven by you know who, Mr. Jason LaRoe. Always. Uh, really aggressive. Love his presence in the league. Uh, so lots of trading during the draft. I thought most people were going to be a little bit more paralyzed, but I think what this made me realize, and I think Jason was talking about this, is that like the league has already gone through two major transformations. And the first one was when we started, you and I were super low on draft picks, and so were people like yeah. Joe. And mm. now I think you and I have kind of transferred over toward like, well... The draft picks actually matter more than, at least, 
I'll say my view. I think the draft picks matter a lot more than I originally said that they oh, would. Oh yeah, just be- absolutely. Just because, like, I if you're, I just didn't appreciate how important the depth was mm-hmm. and how much that made the fact that like you have to be trading these young players and acquiring these young players at the draft. Um, so that made me appreciate the picks a whole lot more. And it makes the Marshawn trade hurt a little oh bit more. Oh, gosh. But we know what? We're good. We're going we're gonna to keep on rolling. Um, but so I think it was funny. So, so Jason was talking about this, too. Now it feels like we we may have, like, switched over to maybe we're valuing them too much. And soon we'll be kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, I don't think he has, like, a whole ton of dynasty experience either. So I don't know. And, and maybe that's not true. Maybe he has tons. But I think it's funny because, like, since we're all – I think we're all kind of learning this dynasty thing yeah, together. absolutely. Which I think makes it really fun that, like, there's not some, like, dynasty shark out there just, like, mauling us for, like, all of our second-round picks or something. Yeah, I think – we're all just like, what's going on? So I think it's fun to see the transformations happening. Yeah, I think most people in the league are in that same boat where not, I think maybe Britain did a dynasty league. I don't think Jason did, um, maybe Nefley, but everyone else is just kind of your standard yearly player, right. like looking at this year only. So it, it was for me, like going into the rookie draft, like Griff kept saying this. Actually, yeah, Griff's in dynasty leagues. I know that because he did one last year. Um, he kept saying, like, hang on to your rookie picks, hang on to your rookie picks, hang on to your rookie picks, they're valuable. And it didn't really hit me until the draft. Right. And then it was like, whoa, this guy, like, in seasonal leagues doesn't matter. Right. But in Dynasty, they could be the next big player, the, the next OBJ. Right. That's, you know, like, yeah, that's exactly right. And, like, OBJ had a crazy rookie season, but when you talk about guys like Nikhil Harry and, like, these younger wide receivers where they can really kind of, like, find – a spot in their team mm-hmm. like the wide receivers i think we know take a little bit longer we're like you know if there's no one in your backfield and you're josh jacobs and you get drafted to be the guy you have value this year yeah. somewhere same with like yep. david montgomery david but even montgomery, like yeah. these younger running backs like miles davis and these other guys that get drafted into populated backfields with the hopes that they will take over them like the hopes mm-hmm. by the coaching staff like having those is really really important but oh yeah yeah as a seasonal player i've never paid attention to those people because i'm like i don't want those guys on my team because they're not going to matter yeah like, i don't care about them when they matter yeah i'm the same way like typically in seasonal leagues i will not literally will not draft a rookie right. i won't draft josh jacobs in any of my seasonal leagues no. it terrifies me yeah but dynasty changes everything yeah so so it's a really, really fun new way to look at the game. I think it's even, I think it's even more fun to look at how we're all changing with the game. Uh, so let's jump into some of the trades that happened during the draft. I, before we talk about this first trade, I have to bring up just like not the actual trade, but I loved, loved the way the that this the trade draft. happened. Highlight of the draft because we're all sitting there for ten minutes, and Corey and Griffin are texting back and forth, oh, yeah. and then Jason like just a bunch goes of middle school girls giggling yes. and talking. Yes, they're literally just like oh, like texting about other people in the room, like <laughs> <laughs> like just so high school. Uh, loved it. Then they're like closing in on a deal. And Jason just goes full, like, Avalon, like, deception game, like, whatever you want, the Secret Hitler, Werewolves at Midnight, whatever it's called, all of them, there's so many of them, but, and he just comes out with, I loved his question, not, hey, tell me what it is, it was, what do you lose by telling me what Griffin is offering you right now? (laughs) So good. To which is just such an obvious, like, it's a good question, because there's nothing, because what Corey ended up getting was more than he would have gotten. Oh, yeah, hands down. 
It was perfect from Jason because then Jason knew exactly where he had to be offering to get that pick. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't have to like over offer because he really wanted it. He didn't have to under offer. So I thought that was super fun. Um, and I loved how it just got done right then and there. And you like, oh, yeah, I, I, I think I mean, talking to Griffin afterwards, he was kind of saying like he didn't think it was going to get done because they were both just like they had both kind of dug in. And that's right when Jason kicked in. Mm-hmm. So I think it probably went the way. I don't think like Jason just like super masterminded Griffin no. and like just totally dominated him. Um, but I, I thought that was really fun to see how that played out. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was one of those moments where like. I, I know Griff didn't seem this way, but I like to imagine on the inside he was just raging fire because he just spent like so much time trying to trade up. He had no picks until the fourth round. He spends all his time trying to trade into the first at the seventh pick, and then Jason just comes in, just snipes him. Not even texting. That was my favorite part. Like cuts off their texting, forces a face to face conversation, and then makes a deal within thirty seconds. Right. Like, <laughs> the speed at which it happened too, but I, I think so. Fa- Jason gave him a countdown. I know. He gave him like yeah. ten seconds. The countdown like, happened. The countdown was a power move. So, so just just to you know inform everyone on Jason's tactics. After like he, Jason leaned over to me and he's like, I don't know what would have happened if I would have got to zero in that countdown because I had no consequence prepared. <laughs> so, so don't let him power move you with that fake time crap. There was nothing behind that because <laughs> like because he was even telling me he's like I don't want like maybe he's gonna be pissed that I'm out. His strategy, but I feel like it was obvious. Like, he's not just going to back away from a trade that benefits him because he got to a magical counter of zero. He's going to restart that clock. Right. That's all you got to do. Like, 10, not zero, 10. Like, I'm going to give you this is like when parents, like, I'm going to count to three. It's like, yeah. hey, it's like, come on. Like, we both know you're not going to do you it. Stretch that three out a really yeah. long time. Two and a half. <laughs> like, I feel like Jason just got done reading, like, the art of the deal and, like, applied the first thing he remembered. <laughs> And it worked. It worked. It worked. So I can't even. I can't even harp him on it. Yeah. So the actual trade ended up being that Jason traded Hunter Henry for the 107 to yeah. Corey, and then Jason ended up taking Noah Fant. So yeah. what do you think about this trade? Uh, this. I mean, it's honestly a super even trade. I like it for Corey because Hunter Henry is a more established player. Yep. Like, and we just talked about this with with Dynasty. You don't bank on players being established right away. Unless they're running back going into an empty backfield. Right. Pretty much the only circumstance. Tight ends, wide receivers, you're usually looking at two to three years. Um, it's it's good for Corey. Corey gets Hunter Henry. He has a startable tight end all year this year. It's good for Jason because Jason already has George Kittle. Right. So he's got a year to groom Noah Fant, not personally groom him, but like watch him. That'd be that'd be pretty creepy. Amazing if he did. <laughs> like if Corey's just like giving Noah Fan a hair or, uh, or Jason just like giving Noah Fan a haircut, yeah. like Hey buddy, you really got to perform. You got like you th- got this. You got like two years in the taxi squad, but then it's time to step it up. Buddy, okay. <laughs> All right. See you later. Really stepping into his Good mom's luck, champ. Really stepping into his mom's profession there. Stepping in, following <laughs> in the footsteps of a of a wonderful woman. <laughs> Which, by the way, I need Crystal to get back from vacation because my hair is so long. Yeah, I need a haircut too. I'm yeah. bad. But anyway, so yeah, back to the trade. I think yeah, yeah. I, I agree 100. I thought it was a I thought it was a great example of a of a good trade. Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of times and and like I feel this way initially. It's like I want to win a trade. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that like everyone in our league is smart enough except for me apparently uh, <laughs> to like make even trades. Yeah. And so you're just you're not going to get any deals done just like trying to take advantage of people. Yeah. Now like there might be uh, you know a situation where it feels like you might be taking advantage of someone because you're taking all their power now for potential power later which yeah. to me feels like it's 
it still feels weird because if I saw that dra- that trade in a redraft league, I would be like, "What is happening?" Yeah, but like That's again, true. Dynasty's totally different, and so yep. like trying to think about these things of like you know we really need to be like offering each other trades that benefit both parties. I think this is a great example of one of those that does that. Yeah, it, it falls perfectly in that category. I, like if I were to say who wins, it's Corey, but it's literally by a hair. Yeah, like. And that's only because Noah Fant is a rookie. Yeah, and we don't and we don't know what he's going to become, right? I mean, like there there's a there's a genuine world where uh, there's there's a, there's a whole ton of worlds here. There's a world where Corey's team is really good, and he needed Hunter Henry to make a playoff run, and that's really yep. good for him. There's a world where Jason doesn't need Noah Fant, and in two or three years, Noah Fant's great, or it could be a total bust. Like yep. you know, we don't know, but I think that the opportunity that both teams gained here is, is yeah. really really even and mm-hmm. so i really really like that yeah uh the second trade that we had during the draft was that uh joey traded his one or joey traded to the 111 yes from jason and jason gave joe the uh peyton barber and his 2021 no no, no sorry oh, joey gave the 2021 yeah joey gave the 2021 Jason gave the 111 and Peyton Barber right which right. joey took at the 111 Daryl Henderson right uh, what do you what do you think about that trade? I, I think that this is a trade that Joe probably needed to make. Oh yeah. So Joe had an earlier pick in the draft, and I forget who he took now. I don't have the draft board up. Uh, he had Miles Sanders. Yeah. So he he had an earlier pick in the draft, and he's got running. He's so Joe has Todd Gurley, and mm-hmm. so if you're not paying attention to NFL news right now, Todd Todd Gurley has arthritis in his knee. It's like mm-hmm. a degenerative arthritis, and the prognosis from most like doctors that I've heard is that. There's really no telling what way this can go, but that the smart move by the Rams will be to limit his workload. Because yeah. obviously last year he was off the charts. I mean, he's catching multiple passes a game. He's taking like upwards of 15 carries a game. He's yeah. doing that. And we saw him deteriorate throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to prolong his career, because he truly is a special talent, then like long term you need to roll that back. Yeah. Now, the other side of what that can be, and so that still means Todd Gurley is probably not the running back one. He's probably still a top six running back. Maybe maybe back one. I wouldn't one. be surprised to still see him be a RB1. Yeah, I mean, he's great. I mean, he's like, on one of the best even, offenses in the league, right? I think he outscored, like, the second RB by, like, 50 points last year. Or yeah, something some like freak that. So, it, yeah, he could lose a lot of touches and still be the RB1. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, he's still, he's, he's absolutely amazing. And so for Joe to kind of bolster that by like, I'm going to take a, a younger running back because the other side of this Todd Gurley coin is like, well, now that it's started, it's just going to degenerate rapidly. Yeah. And like his career could literally be over in two years. Yeah. And so Joe takes Miles Sanders, who's gone to Philadelphia, which is a crowded backfield, but, you know, they took him to kind of like, they don't have a bunch of great players. They have Jordan Howard, who mm. has one skill set, and it's ground and pound the ball straight up the middle. Yep. And somehow he's super valuable because he's just a tank. Yep. Like literally last year, he was playing with like a broken shoulder, and he was still managing like four and a half a carry. Like got so many carries. Yeah, he's great. Can't catch the ball to save his life. But <laughs> uh, so Miles Sanders is there. Hopefully, he can grow into a role. But then like. I think Joe really needed to grab Daryl Henderson, and so I think he did a good job moving into that role to do it. Yep. I think the 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 move that Joe could have made, which would which wouldn't have surprised me, was take Daryl Henderson third. Yeah, in the draft, I, it, it was definitely like it, it to me. It was on the table for Joey. Mm-hmm. So I I love this trade for Joey. Like, yeah. sorry, Jason. I think Joey smoked you on this trade. Oh, really? I really do. Because here's why. Joey gave up the 2021st that yep. he's going to have. 
And yes, Jason's given up the 111, which is, it, it's far back there. So the odds of, like, I don't think Joey's team's going to be good enough to finish that far back. So it yeah. will be an earlier pick next year. But Joey's locking up his backfield with Daryl Henderson and Todd Gurley. And Joey already had Ronald Jones. Right. So Joey's also locking up the uh, Buccaneers' backfield. Yeah. So Joey's got now officially two strong running backs, no matter what happens. Injury-wise, no matter what happens, Joey's got two starting running backs for an NFL team. I don't think either team will be this like even split workload either. I think it will be one guy until someone's injured, basically. Right. Like They'll do, obviously, a little here and there, but... I think it's going to be a primary back, and I like the Buccaneers with Bruce Arians. Yeah. I'm really excited about them and what he does with them. So, yeah, I think Joey, this is a great trade. If Joey had given his 2.3 in addition to his 2020 first, it would have been a lot more even. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, I loved it. Yeah, and see, maybe this is one of those things where, like, for Jason, right, like, we assume that Joe's going to finish a little bit better than that, right? So it'll be an upgrade of yeah. his first um, Peyton Barber is kind of like an older back. He's not super efficient. Mm. Now, the person behind him is Ronald Jones, who Joe has, which is – he was just atrocious last Terrible. year. Terrible. And maybe he grows into his role. Maybe he doesn't. So, like, the 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 value of locking up the Buccaneers' backfield to me is questionable, mm. especially with Jameis Winston, who loves to throw. He's great at throwing. Yeah. And he, and he loves to throw. I mean, he'll make some of those dangerous throws, but – uh, they, they want to throw him a lot, and I know that Bruce Arians does use the running backs a ton, but I think the other thing for Jason is that his running his starting running backs are Nick Chubb, Devonta Freeman. So if it, yeah. if Devonta Freeman is healthy like some people expect him to be throughout the year, that's a great start, and he's got Chris Carson, which we're expecting the Seahawks to run the ball a ton and him have you know good value, maybe like running back two value. The he's got Darius Geis, which is like you know questionable, and then the rest of his running backs are you know who we would expect to have, you know like in our running back position if you have those three guys. Mm. So, I think Peyton Barber is valuable, and I think that on a week to week basis, Jason would have had a chance to start him. Let's say Darius Geis isn't healthy. I think Peyton Barber fills that role. Oh yeah, but I think if Darius Geis is healthy, I don't know if Jason even has a spot to really start Peyton Barber. And so, from that perspective, I don't know how much Jason gave up. Now, that all depends on where Peyton Barber and Darius guys fall. Yeah. But I think with the three of Chubb, Freeman, and Carson, I think it's a. I think from that perspective, if you're going to start those three running backs, then you've got wide receivers to plug in. Like I'm looking at his starting lineup right now, and he's got Alshon Jeffrey, Larry Fitzgerald, Marvin Jones. I really like those three wide receivers, especially Larry and Marvin Jones, mostly because they're like values in redraft, not because they're electric but he's also got guys like chris kirk uh christian kirk that are looking to step into roles so he might not have ever really needed to start peyton barber so then to gain another first round pick for that i think it i don't think it like turns into like him winning the trade but i think it makes it feel a lot more even it definitely doesn't feel like joe smoked him in my mind okay so that's my take to each his own yeah that's my take (laughs) uh So those are all the trades from the draft. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the draft itself. So I don't know how many picks did how many picks did you have? I I had I had picks in every round except for the first round because I I had given up my first round last year for you know Marshawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the infamous, we won't dive into that greatest trade of all. We don't want to hurt you. Yeah, Um, (laughs) it it still hurts a little bit. Next year won't be so bad. (laughs) So how what was your take on the draft? Like so the draft wraps up. How do you feel? With your draft results in a whole, I guess. 
Um, I felt I felt good about my draft results. I, I kind of got guys that I liked mm-hmm. before the season coming in, and so like I like Andy Isabella, and I realized that that's a, just yet another receiver that is supposed to benefit or like at least have the potential to benefit from the Kyler Murray, you know, boom. But the reality is like the way that I see Andy Isabella is that I think Larry Fitzgerald's time is limited, right? Mm -hmm. And if Christian Kirk really is this rising star, Larry's the number two there. He's in the slot. And if Andy Isabella can, you know, kind of make a name for himself, learn from Larry and plug in, then he's going to have value if Kyler is who we think he is. So to me, that's a great second round pick for me. Like, especially back in the second where I was like, it's that guy where like you, you have a narrative for him to be good. It's not just like, well, he was good in college. It's like, no, he's on an up and coming offense. And so like, if all of these guys grow together, like this could be really cool. So I really like where I ended up there. Kelvin Harmon. I liked, I don't love his situation because who in the world is throwing the ball in Washington? (laughs) I don't really care. That's a, that's a more long-term play, but I love his tape. And so I think he could explode. Yeah. And then in the back, in the back, Half of it, I got Miles Gaskin and Travis Homer. I was really just just locking up running backs because I'm kind of desperate for running backs. So yeah. those guys are guys that are are they're just going to sit on my taxi squad till injuries happen. Yep. And so like the reality is that at that moment in the draft, I didn't think that there were any wide receivers that I loved and that really had a chance to like come into their own compared to what I needed. Right. Mm. So like. The reality is that I'm probably going to need a running back in the next two years, if not this year, if I don't either make a trade or someone pop off. And so I needed to, like, get those late-round guys. I didn't yeah. love the guys in the second round compared to the opportunity of Andy Isabella and Kelvin Harmon. So, yeah. so all of that to say, like, I really liked how this went, and I think that I like how it went a lot more because of Taxi Squad. Cause yeah, because you get to stash them for a while. Yeah, Kelvin Harmon and uh, Travis Homer would never be on my roster without Taxi Squad. Honestly, yeah. they they would they wouldn't stay. Mm. And so with that Taxi Squad, I think it makes it a lot more. It makes it a lot more like. Uh, it almost makes it feel like a farm league for like like yeah. tri- like a triple A team. Like yeah. it makes it feel like you have guys that you can keep your eye on that mm-hmm. you might not be keeping your eye on yeah. for any other reason. And so it makes those like late round picks feel way more valuable, which I mm-hmm. love. So how do you feel about your draft? Dude, I am not gonna sugarcoat it. I freaking loved my draft. <laughs> like I know I know. Even everybody... though you were forced to take DK Metcalf. I know. It was so painful. Like my draft went so much better than I ever thought it could have. Like legitimately shocked at the <laughs> players I got. Like, okay, David Montgomery, I had the one dot two. David Mopportunity. David Mopportunity. That I still think he's a one one. I would take him one one. See, that that's made me feel even better about that's it. That's my take. Like, I feel even better about him now. <laughs> uh, but, like, I, I and I was willing to trade back, but, like, I had no problem taking him. It I wasn't like I was I can't believe dying. you didn't trade me the 1-2 for Baker plus something. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but then, so, I have the 1-2. Uh, it comes around to the 2-2. And I don't understand, people. I do not literally understand why DK Metcalf was still available like i get it don't get me wrong Nikhil harry is great aj brown's great paris campbell i would have loved for him to fall and it would have made more sense for him to fall thanks ty you're my worst enemy <laughs> uh then we had noah fan tj hawkinson immediately back to back 
Marquise Brown, Damian Harris, kind of a reach. I know, Jason, I understand the strategy. You wanted him. You had to reach. Uh, And then Joey took Daryl Henderson and then Kyler Murray. And Steph did a little bit of a reach on Justice Hill. That's why DK fell to me. And legitimately, it was painful. Yeah, I think think the one thing for me, so like, I think DK shouldn't have gotten there. And I think there's only two picks to me that don't make sense in that context. One of them is Marquise Brown. Really? Yeah, I don't think I would have taken – like, I don't want – I mean, he's in Baltimore, right? Yeah. I don't want anyone catching the ball (laughs) from the rushing quarterback. Like, I think we all – like, we have this – we do this thing, and and it's valid, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, if someone is a good fantasy quarterback, they have to have one good fantasy wide receiver. Yep. That is not true for Lamar Jackson. He is the outlier. It is nowhere close to true. Lamar Jackson is good because he's probably going to rush for 100 yards a game. Yeah. He's probably going to have a rushing touchdown like close to every – probably have 10 rushing touchdowns this yeah. year. Right? So that makes his average baseline a game like 13, 14 points. So then if he throws for like 150 yards and maybe gets a touchdown, like you're talking about a cube, like a top five QB, like a top yeah. six QB. N- none of those numbers equate to anyone being good in Baltimore. <laughs> For pass yeah. catching. And so, like, I like Marquise Brown. I think he was electric in college. But that's the one I don't get. I for sure would have taken DK Metcalf. But I also get that, like, the Seahawks are a running football team. They are. They're a running football team. Mm-hmm. But when you have Russell Wilson, who can throw the ball g- amazingly well. Yeah. I mean, like, he's, what is he? He's a Hall of Famer, right? Oh, Col- I, I think he'll be a Hall of Famer one Yeah. Day. All yeah. right. So, so, like... At least border like we can have the discussion about mm-hmm. him versus the guy that is from the second one and a half year kind of rookie <laughs> quarterback who like literally cannot throw the ball. Like I would for sure take DK Metcalf. Yeah. And the other one, uh, the other reach for me is Kyler Murray right there. And I know that oh, Steph yeah. needed a young yeah, quarterback. Yeah, that, that was a need base. But yeah. I know, and I know that he's going there. Mm-hmm. But just if I were to put myself in Steph's shoes. And maybe this is just because I felt like I was offering really fair things. I would have traded me <laughs> for Baker and taken someone else young and in that slot. Because the reality yep. is, like, you could have gotten a quarterback in the same echelon mm-hmm. for similar talent and still kept that pick. So, like, yeah. done it differently. But that so doesn't known that the talent's there. Yeah. With Kyler, it's still a mystery. We don't yeah. know what he's going to do. We have no idea how Cliff Kingsbury's going to do. We have no idea yep. how Kyler's going to do. He's shorter than most NFL quarterbacks, which mm-hmm. is something that does correlate strongly. It's not it's not determinate, yeah. but it does correlate. So, but I don't but like from ADP wise, that's not a reach for Kyler. It's just yeah. not what I would have done. Yeah. So, those two picks are the reason it surprises me. From the roster construction of Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, that, that all makes sense. Because yeah. I think with the the hard thing looking at these draft boards is that they're linear. Yeah. And so it's like when someone takes someone, you know, maybe four picks early and you're like, oh, it's kind of a reach. You're like five picks, six picks. Like the reality is that if so, unless someone is 12 picks away from you, a mm-hmm. whole round, like you've got to take the guy that you want. That's true, yeah. I, I didn't really think about that aspect of it. So yeah, that's definitely true. And just to go back, to recap my full draft real quick. Uh, David Montgomery first. DK at the 2-2. I got J.J. Arcega-Whiteside at the 2-8. Love who that. I thought Jason was going to snipe for me with a trade to Corey at the 1-7. And I was so I literally leaned over to Chris and I was like, I, I just want Whiteside. And Jason's going to take him. I knew it. I knew that right. Jason was going to take him, and he didn't make the trade happen. It's the only trade he didn't make happen all night. Couldn't have been happier. Uh, took Josh Oliver. 
in the third just because I eventually Zach Ertz is going to die. Right. Then I got to take Dexter Williams right from Griffin's grubby little hands. That felt <laughs> so good. And then I capped it off with Darius Slayton, who is just the Giants receiver, and all of their team is apparently dying. Yeah, I so mean, there's something. Like, there's something. There's somebody the that could be there. something. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Redskins. So got to be careful, Giants <laughs> fans. Hey, the Redskins is a cursed is a cursed name <laughs> these days. Cursed so, name. I loved it. Uh, what what are like some? So I know you mentioned this in the first. Were there any players uh, specifically that you were kind of like? really surprised by beyond the first uh so like we talked about like dk getting to the two two like that that to me is a big value what are some of the value and surprise like too too much of a reach players in your opinion yeah i mean i think the only the only reach again i i explained it i think pretty thoroughly is is hollywood brown i think he went really really early i never Mm. would have taken him there um there's no one else that really strikes me as like a reach reach in the first round i mean ADP wise, yeah, sure, maybe Damian Harris doesn't really fit exactly there. But again, mm-hmm. like in this linear draft format, like reaching a half a round is not to me that's not reaching. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about rookies where you're really, really heavily speculating. You know, if this was I mean, even in a startup draft, like I don't feel like that's reaching. If you really want that guy, you gotta go get that guy. Um, but the only other person that I would say that surprised me is that I was thinking that Devin Singletary was going to get reached for. Yeah, I did as well, yeah. Yeah, I I thought that he was going to go back of the first in our league because the teams Mm. in the back of the first needed running backs. Yeah. And so it's surprising to me that the way that those the way that those picks came out that I mean, so Yes, the Buffalo backfield is really, really crowded, mm. but it's really, really crowded with guys that are not going to be really, there next really year. Really old, yeah. yeah. Like they might not be alive next year, <laughs> there let is, alone on the team. Yeah, like there is absolutely no way that like they go through this year, and then they're like, you know what, we should do again. Keep <laughs> sign them again. Frank Gore, T.J. Yeldon, Lashawn McCoy, Lashawn McCoy, and Devin Singletary. Like, let's keep all three of those guys. Like, no. The reality is, is that this year. They're waiting for Devin Singletary to learn the system, come yep. into his own, and then they're going to drop two of those clowns, oh, and they're yeah. going to have the old guy to take some like third down work, mm-hmm. or like goal line work, or you know, like give just give him a breather on like a series or something like that. Yep. Their their future is Devin Singletary. Yeah. And Buffalo has a history with these kind of backs that I believe Devin Singletary has pass catching in his profile. He does. And so like. They have that history with that, so I thought that was going to mean a little bit bigger of a reach for him. Yeah. If, if I had my pick at the 1-8 with my roster construction, I was planning on taking Devin Singletary. I was really, really hoping that I could get a deal done with Jason or uh, Griffin for Devin Singletary at that spot. So mm-hmm. I was hoping to get to uh, Sarah's pick at the 1-9, and I was going to trade Baker to Jason for that pick. Or start a three-way kind of deal because Jason wanted to get rid of Hunter Henry as he did, and so if Hunter, if he still had Hunter Henry, something was going to try and work out because I really thought that Devin Singletary should have gone earlier for those picks. Yeah, uh, and I knew he wasn't going to make it back to me. So th- those are kind of my two surprises. I, th- I thought Hollywood Brown went really early, and I'm surprised that no one reached for Devin Singletary. And I realized that where he went is kind of his ADP, but I just I'm shocked that no one reached for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think 
all your points are spot on. Like, the old guys are going to go somewhere. Well, thank you. They're going to go to the retirement community. Uh, a couple of guys that stuck out to me as far as, like, really big values. Uh, Dwayne Haskins in the fourth round. That's Yeah, that's I, late. I believe he's going to be the starter. There were three quarterbacks taken in this draft. There was Kyler at the 112, Dwayne Haskins at the 4-1, and this is a surprise reach to me. Will Greer... Yeah, at the I, five six. Given it's the fifth round, so I understand like that round. That's some shots. Yeah, you're just kind of taking a shot. But I mean, Ty's strategy really, is like Cam Newton could re-injure his shoulder. Yeah, and I get that, but, but like handcuffing your quarterback versus like, well, he doesn't even have Cam. Well, but oh, he doesn't. He has thought, luck. Oh, that's right. So that's why it surprised me. Is like, yeah, that's you, you're not going to replace luck with Will Greer, even no. if Cam gets hurt. That's not going to happen. Well, yeah, and also like I, I guess to me what. So Dwayne Haskins slipping, yeah, that that surprised me. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I think what we talked about in my uh, attempts to move Baker is I think we have like a, a just a league who's low on quarterbacks. Yeah, and also I think that, and maybe this is just always going to be true, but I think right now we're at an interesting time in football where we've got like bona fide top ten quarterbacks all time. Still in the league. Like, we've got yeah. these, like, Drew, Drew Brees, Brees, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Rivers. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, still in the league. Yeah. So that's, like, four of the best quarterbacks of all time that, like, you're not going to not roster. Yep. And, like, you might need someone, like, young, but you're not going to pay up for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it reflects some of that of, like, you know, you're hoping to milk a few more years out of those guys. Yeah. Guys, I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be good in the NFL. I don't think, I think he is as well. Yeah. I don't think he's going to light the world on fire, but I think he's going to be good. I think especially mm-hmm. if he gets some time to, like, to learn the systems and really do it because he was, I mean, he's a good passer. He was yeah. great at Ohio State. He wasn't like a Terrell Pryor where he just Ran lit the world on crazy. fire with running. Don't, don't talk about Terrell Pryor. You're going to get Joey fired up. Dude, I saw some great sleeper hype about Terrell oh Pryor. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I was about to trade him for him. Kidding, not. Uh, but yeah, Will Greer, I think going in the fifth, is really just an indictment on how little anyone believes in Daniel Jones. <laughs> I know, right? Like, he's going to be a Daniel starter Jones next not get year. Drafted? I don't know. I, Did he get picked up on waivers yet? Yeah, he's okay. So we'll, we'll jump into that next. Okay, here in a second. Let's, got, let's say in the draft then. So yeah. those are the ones that kind of don't fit to me. So let's go back to where, where you don't fit. I was, I was I, actually, I think I interrupted you in the middle of where. The picks oh, that yeah, don't yeah. fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of the other kind of reaches to me, and these were both burns on me too. This is why it even felt more like a reach. Uh, Nephli took Ty Johnson at the 4-5, who is now the backup to carry on. Uh, I was pretty upset about that one. Uh, and then five picks later, Sarah, you sweet person you, took Alex Barnes at the 4-10. Literally... Both of my handcuffs went in the same round. And I told Chris, like, going into it, I was like, man, once this draft's over, I'm going to pick those guys up as free agents, and it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Right. And then they were both taken, like, literally within five minutes of me saying that. Uh, So those felt like reaches, just a personal reach. Uh, uh, (laughs) What you're really saying is they felt more like assaults. Yeah, they felt like assault on me, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another guy that... I don't don't know if this is actually a reach or not. Um... I'm really torn on this player is Benny Snell. Uh, Benny Snell Jr., he is third in line in the Pittsburgh backfield behind James Conner and Jalen Samuels. So we so we think uh, he was an electric athlete in college. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he played for UK and had 1,000 yards for like the last three seasons or something like that. Yeah. Um, so beast of an athlete, uh, but he went at the 210, and that, because he's third in line, it's like, 
the Steelers haven't been known to like cycle backs in and out. No, Whoever's the one is the one. Yeah. Um. So that one felt like a little bit of a reach. I get it though. At the same time, where it's like. You got your guy, you got your guy. And he's a UK guy. So Sarah, I, I, yeah, Sarah will openly admit, she probably reached because he played for UK. Yeah. Um, but the, those are kind of the only really surprise picks. Most everything else, it kind of, every mock draft I did, it, there was little variables, you know, yeah. where some players are going high, some players are going low. Um, but pretty pretty much same ranges. Yeah, and I think, so Benny Snell, he was on the board for me when I was picking at that 2-9 spot. And I was... I was really close to drafting him. Really? Really, really close. So maybe, maybe I'm just but undervaluing him. The only reason that I didn't is because he plays in the Steelers organization. Now, mm. the thing that made me really close to drafting him is that I don't really think Jalen Samuels is like the next guy up. Yeah. I just don't believe that he has that talent or I that skill set. That. And so it wouldn't surprise me if halfway through the season we see Benny Snell start to kind of take over some of that, like, I mean, yeah, they use a workhorse, but, like, other guys get carries. Yeah. And so yeah. if we see Benny Snell's carry start to jump such that next year he is the next guy up, yeah. and then if James Conner has another great year and decides to go get traded or signed or whatever he wants to do, you know, fall in love with Bell's ridiculous footsteps. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon and Zeke. Le- Le- I Bell. can't handle this. I'm so sick of Le'Veon Bell just... He's ruined the NFL. He's ruined it. <laughs> hey, he apologized to me personally on Twitter. Yeah, I hope that's worth something after your <laughs> freaking tank season last year so that he can run behind the worst offensive line on the Jets and be an RB15 this yeah, year. We'll figure it out. You know, we're working it out day Le- by day. Lev Bell, RB2 this year. Uh, so, <laughs> hot takes, folks. We warned you. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty normal take. No, nah, he's, he's going to be top 12. No way. He's going to be top 12. 15. 15 to 12. We'll figure it out. We'll no figure way. it out. No way. We'll All figure day. it out when I'm right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that, it, the Benny Snell, it wasn't – it was there, but, yeah, I was just like, there's just too many things that have to go right for yeah. a running back where I feel like because there's more wide rec- – there's just more wide receivers on the field. Mm-hmm. When you have to make the narrative of, well, all these things have to go right, there's actually just more way – there's more paths because yeah. – there are two more guys that can get injured mm-hmm. for that to step up, and that's that's why I went Andy Isabella. Yeah, that, that's what's interesting as well for me about running backs is if they're not going into a situation, as far as rookie drafts, in my opinion, if they're not going into a situation that's immediately like they're probably going to get touches, I feel like running backs in the NFL, you got like one to two years, and if you don't pop off, you're never going to be that workhorse. Yeah. Like, it, you, you, like, like theoretic. You yeah. never popped off, but like... I mean, he's a flex at best. I mean, yeah, he's one of those guys, right? He catches like 70 passes a year, but you never want to start him because yeah. his pass, he catches the ball and gets tackled, Yeah, right? It's like the reality is that like the NFL is really good at identifying who's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Like the reason that Philip Lindsay is such a sensation is because like it's the one time they've missed in the last yeah. five years out of hundreds of running backs, Yeah, right? Like it's not like the NFL – it's not like these coaches and GMs don't know what they're doing. Mm. That's why they're making millions and millions <laughs> of dollars. They're making a lot of money. They're really good at figuring this out. And yeah. I think that like what we're seeing is as teams move away from the running back position, mm. or at least more towards like committees, towards people being able to catch the ball, as we're seeing those points get more and more spread out, which 
I don't know if it increases the value of wide receivers, but it definitely decreases the oh, chance gosh, yeah. that a guy out of college today becomes a workhorse. Mm. And so that's what makes it really, really tough to like kind of predict who those workhorses are going to be. Mm. They basically have to go to a coach you know wants to use them that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've got to go to a coach that is all about the run, yeah. run first, second, third, every single play. Yeah, um, so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump into post-draft waivers. So we had a little bit of a snafu on these. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, all credit to Britain because I gen- I remember checking the settings Tuesday Yeah. because I was looking for something else, and I saw the waivers were, like, set not to run. So I don't understand how they ran. So it was such a hot mess. It was such a mess, and, and like, it wasn't a, like... When we say it's a mess, we're not saying to say like Britain made it a mess. Like no, I yeah. genuinely think, I don't think Britain that. did all of the right. I think like it. I genuinely think like the feature was just broken. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, but I think that the way that it ended up, I think we all handled it like you know like adults. Like, did I want Maurice Harris? Yes. Did mm-hmm. I want him for twenty five dollars? No, not really. Like because I still like to me when I think of my off season fab, I'm kind of like if I haven't spent it by this point, I'm waiting for. The big preseason injury, yep, exactly. and I'm gonna hop on, and, and the guy who's second is probably already rostered, but the guy behind him probably isn't, and so I'm looking mm-hmm. for that. Although I loved all the hype around Maurice Harris, and yeah. you know, one of the things I think that's interesting is I generally stay away from Patriots, but with offseason fab dollars, I kind of felt like I should be all in on the Patriots, yeah, because like spend it. They yeah. don't have anybody there, so well, they don't have anyone there, and like this is when these guys pop up, and like mm-hmm. in redraft leagues, you're like, there's no way this is true, yeah, but then like. You're like, oh, well, I guess this should have been true. Like, we saw all the hype coming preseason. Mm-hmm. And so next year we'll be talking about how he should be good, and now he's going to be garbage. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so waiver pickups we had this week. We had uh, Jason just doling it out. It was really all Jason. It just Yeah. Well, he just won all of them, right? I think yeah. if you looked at all of them, there was just there a were ton bids of bids. Them, um, and so the way that we had it is uh, Jason went uh, $25 on Drew Locke. $25 on Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones. I almost said Daniel Jones. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones. $16 on Maurice Harris. And $7 on CJ Proceis. $5 on Jason Stidham. So that's Jared. Jared. Jared Stidham. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so that's basically all of Jason's fab. He also now has three rookie quarterbacks and six total quarterbacks. Yeah. How Which, crazy is that? I mean, there's what no the way. end game there? No, there's no way. I think his end game is make it look like he doesn't want Baker. That's his only <laughs> end game. Is that he's just trying to power move me because every time I offer him a trade now, he's like, I mean, look at all my rookie quarterbacks. I don't need your guys. So that's the only thing that I can imagine that Jason's strategy could possibly be. Do you have any other way that this makes sense? Uh, well, honestly, the only way I think, I mean, it makes sense. Like for Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, uh, not in any way for Jared Stidham. Uh, I don't get that one. Tom Brady would literally kill Jared Stidham before he personally was carted off the field. Right. Um, But it it makes sense for this reason. Our off-season fab is going to go away. It's going to go away. After preseason. Spend it now. If you don't spend it, you were wasting it. And these guys he can drop, and it actually doesn't affect him. That's right. Like, yeah. he, he could spend all of his fab. Like, you could go right now, pick the worst player out there, spend it all, drop them, and it wouldn't even matter. That's right. So, that, the, that's why it's kind of like, yeah, you got to spend it. Yeah. But Jason just went big after all the quarterbacks. Blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the thing that you're missing out on, right, is that potential preseason pickup that you don't expect. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, but you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you can just drop these guys, and it re- like... 
it really won't mean anything for your season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in that sense, I get it. But also, in my rational brain, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> I also can't not build an emotional connection toward a player on my team. Oh, so, I know. like, if I pick up these guys, I'm like, I believe in you, Maurice. I know. You're like, you can do this. You got it. I don't care if your leg fell off. You I can bought do it for 10 fake dollars online. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm 100% with you. Like, once yeah. a guy is on my roster, I'm like, well, they're on my roster for a purpose. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't just pick this guy because I don't believe in him, which is like what the worst fantasy player of all time, Alec Bowling, always does. <laughs> He'll always, like, he would literally, like, one time I tried to trade him. He's like, dude, I think my guys, like, really just need some time to, like, gel. It's like, Alec, they don't know that they're on they're a team. Deep. They're not aware, damn it. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you understand that there are millions of people who play this game in which there are almost infinite permutations of how these players <laughs> go together? Like, it's not like they all get together in, like, an Alex fantasy team group <laughs> chat and text each other about how they need to perform for you. you guys, we gotta do better next week. Alec is gonna be so mad. <laughs> it's like, literally, just trade me. Like, they don't care about some random kid playing fantasy football like these guys are multi-millionaires <laughs> trying to not go brain dead like come <laughs> on so on that note though on <laughs> on the note of the player that you have this this, this thought just came to my head on your roster who is the one guy that you believe in and you literally have no reason to believe in? i'll tell you who mine is I'll give you some time to think about it. Yeah, why don't you tell me who you're I have is. gone through this so many times, and I can't get rid of him. It's Ryan Switzer. Really? This tiny little white guy, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know why, but like it pains me to think about letting him go. Yeah. I can't do it. He's not proven it. He's not played a game <laughs> where I'd be like, man, he looks good. That's his breakout game right there. Yeah, like, he just looks so small. He, like, I think, like, oh, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, maybe he's one of them. <laughs> right. No, he looks like a high schooler. Yeah. He looks like a jabroni. And I hate, <laughs> I hate it, but I can't get rid of him. So I was happy we did Taxi Squad for that reason. Hey, more power to you. <laughs> I think uh, that guy for me is, is Josh Gordon. Oh, and, yeah. And I think the reason that, yeah. like, I, I think a lot of people, like, the obvious response really could be, like, well, of course, like, you think that this, like, total freak is one of these guys. But, like, the reality is, like, he's going to stay on my roster until he gets suspended indefinitely. Indefinitely, yeah. Because I'm never going to get the trade value that I believe that he's worth. Because I genuinely think if he just, like, cleans himself up and shows up and applies he's himself. Gotta talk to him, man. He's genuinely, <laughs> like, if I just had five minutes on the phone with Josh Gordon. <laughs> He, I like I. I seriously view him as like he could be one of the best wide receivers yeah. in football if he just could keep it together. <laughs> and I'm always just reminded of Chris Matre two years ago. Chris Matre had him on his fantasy team, and he was lamenting to me about how his season was going. He's like, dude. I literally just traded all these guys for Josh Gordon, and then he went to rehab. What a quitter. (laughs) (laughs) And I was literally just like, dude, Chris, I could not believe, I could not agree with you even, like, more. What a quitter. (laughs) I was like, oh, man, fantasy does something dark to the human heart. (laughs) Because, like, I want Josh Gordon, the dude, to be okay. (laughs) Uh, more than that, I want to win. More than so, that, I just need him to put up points. <laughs> and, like, we saw some flashes of it last last year with, like... Yeah? He wouldn't be on Bill Belichick's team if he wasn't something 
absolutely mm-hmm. special. Like, yeah. he is amazing. Yeah. But he just needs to keep it together. So, Josh, if you're listening to this, <laughs> please, my guy, Randy Moss, you could be the next Randy Moss. You just got to believe in yourself. Put the team on your back, dude. <laughs> Uh, so man, do I love Josh Gordon? Man, I just want to go watch his highlights or something. He's just so good. <laughs> so yeah, he'll he'll be on my roster. Like oh, eventually before the season, I feel like I'm gonna have to drop Marshawn. I love Marshawn Lynch too. He's retired. He's he might come back. There was news <laughs> that he might come back. That if Oakland offered him a con- contract, he would come back. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Chris would be pissed. Uh yeah yeah, and I would be. Ecstatic! I don't even know if I'd start him. I'd just be happy. Uh, so yeah, I love Josh Gordon. Oh, uh, that—that's basically my love letter to Josh Gordon. Uh, so, so for our last little quick segment, all we wanted to do was give you guys a preview of who everyone is playing because I'm sure you've looked at your mm. matchups. We're not going to do our matchup predictions yet. We'll start that right before week one when we get back into our full regular rhythm. Yeah. Uh, we also want to do before so. Before the season comes up, we want to do uh, this year. Oh, Jesus. This year's. <laughs> I'm just burping like crazy. Uh, <laughs> this year's power rankings. We want to do a couple yes. other things before the season starts. Uh, and then we're going to start rolling into, I think, my favorite part of the show, which is getting guests on the show. Yes. So, oh, uh, gosh. if you want to be a part of the show, reach out to me and Cheek. Uh, we can start to put it on the calendar. We can schedule it. We had some epic episodes last year yes. with having the commissioner on, having Jason on, yeah. which was super fun. The trade master, the jungle wine episode, which is still oh, to this yeah, date our our most listened yeah. to episode. Just an absolutely I don't know why fantastic. I know why. It's because one Sarah and St- Steph everybody are loves them. Just yeah, they're super lovable. Where you and I are like tolerable. <laughs> uh, well, actually, you're lovable. I'm tolerable. <laughs> But I'm also here. Uh, and then uh, Jungle Wine, we did not get Tyler Griffin on. Would love yeah, to have Tyler Griffin got, on. Well, I did the episode with him. when you were. That's right. Town. Yeah, you guys had a full episode so together, so that, that was a blast. Uh, we need to get Joe on. Didn't have yeah. Joe. We've had Matre on already. We need to get the Nephli, the Corey. And uh, we it. promised that this week we would do a Ty call-in. And we let's call him right we now. Didn't, it, no, it, we didn't. It is twelve oh eight. We he need to go to bed. And <laughs> Ty has been in bed for five hours. So no, uh, actually, Ty doesn't sleep. He's probably still awake. But uh, so we got to get Ty in before the preseason. Yes. So that's our fault. We've just been totally like we just totally forgot our recording schedule. So if you guys want to come on the episode, it's super simple. You just come in the basement and sit around and talk fantasy football. Yes. You can say as much or as little as you want. You can drink as much or as little as you want. Mm-hmm. You can smoke as much or as little as you want. All forms of nicotine are encouraged. So it's it's <laughs> it's just a it's just a genuinely good time and it's pretty relaxed. Like. You would think that by our epic production quality, we take this super seriously. <laughs> but uh, the reality is it's just a, it's a pretty laid back environment. Yeah, it's so not, not very serious. If you want to come on, let us know, it, and we would love to have you on. But so to get you guys hyped for the regular season episodes and all the guests and all that, we're going to talk about all the matchups real quick. So uh, why don't you just run me through all the matchups and give me the one that you're most excited for week one. Yeah, uh, so all the matchups. So we got Tynan versus myself, uh, Britton versus Nefli, Corey versus Joey, Sarah versus Jason, Borski, uh, Matt here versus Matre, and Griff versus Steph. 
Um, if there's a matchup I think is I'm most excited about, it's always a matchup with Nefli. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's a matchup where kicking the season off, I really want Britain to lose. Yes, Because I've I looked know. at his I projections need... for every week, and it's scary. I need him uh, to start out 0-1. So that matchup is probably my most excited one. Like, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that one. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think the, the Britain-Nefli matchup is just such a good one because I love watching what John's team does for that week because I think that again I I said that I think John has a crystal ball he looks into the future I think the only difference between Britain and John's team is that Britain gets to seduce one of the league mates into trading with him and I'm kidding 100% kidding literally just needed to go for the shock value got the reaction I wanted Uh, no I think I'm really excited for it because I think Britain and and John are are really good at what they do obviously with John being high in the league he scores a ton I think injuries really plagued him last year so if John can get an injury-free season. I know that he still has Kareem Hunt, so he'll be looking to make a push for the playoffs if he's in contention. So I'm excited to see how that starts off. But I really need Britain to start 0-1. I'm also looking very much forward to the Griffin-Steph matchup. Oh, yeah. Because Griffin's team, uh, if it carries on from last year, will be really, really good. And Steph's team is rebuilding. They're on the up-and-up. And still doing it. Definitely on the up and up, yeah. And so I would like to see when the up and up starts. Does it start early? Does it start later? Or does it start mm. next year? All of those answers, I think, one and Dynasty are fine. Two could be genuinely possible for Steph's team. So I'm excited to see how her team starts out in in particular. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I like I like that. I like it. Yeah. So uh, I think that's all we have this week. Again, if you guys want to come on the podcast, let us know. Uh, we we really have a fun time. We really enjoy having you guys on here. We really, yeah. we really like making this about the league and not so much just about us trying to like do some weird thing. So if you want to come on, let us know. Let's schedule a week. We genuinely, we, we or not genuinely, we usually record on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. and that's the best time for us. But if that's just like a non-starter for you, we can be flexible. Yeah, uh, like so- it's a. It's a Friday night. Yeah. Well, it's a Friday morning. It's a Friday morning right now. At 12. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, Stupid rent. Also, guys, uh, Matt will never say this because he'll never boast, but Matt had some really cool ideas this offseason about uh, creating, like, an app or a website uh, where you will hopefully we're, – we're, Matt's working on this and we're kind of brainstorming it, but uh, where you'll be able to go in and input your league and get, like, some fun information about your other leagues. So – uh, keep a lookout on for that. I think we. Uh, I think the goal is probably to do it this year at some point. Yeah, for sure. Um, where we kind of just launch that, and it, the goal of it, we'll have more details, is to just be a fun way to look at your league, uh, kind of like this podcast. Like right. We do this because we want to look at the league in a different way and talk about each other. So this gives everybody out there in the fantasy football universe a chance to talk trash on every member in their league. Um, so we're. I'm really excited about that. Matt won't talk about it because he doesn't want to brag and how smart he is. Uh, I'm really excited about the season, guys. As Matt said, please come in. It, it, it is it, and not only does it mean a lot to us that you guys listen to this podcast. Yes. If you listen and you're not in our league, reach out to us if you know us. If yes, you don't we know want us, to talk to you. I don't know how you're gonna. Oh, reach out to us on Twitter. Yes. There you go. FF Hot Takes. Uh, that's the only way. Uh, I'm not gonna give you my cell phone number, uh, but. <laughs> It's seriously, even if you're not in our league, reach out to us. We'd love to have you guys on. Yeah, it'd be great. So, yeah, really would, excited about the year. That would be an absolute blast. So, yeah, we got a whole lot of big things coming. Uh, so, hopefully, it's a 
fun year, and I was super excited to kick it off with you guys. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast a day late. Yes, thank you. All right, see ya. <laughs> see ya.